Hey guys, welcome back to the Making It in Medicine podcast. Today we're talking about the correlation between COVID-19 and vitamin D. Could it be the solution to all of our problems? Uh, we're joined today by Vidi. Yo. Shane. Yo. And our guest Tway, a medical student and one of my good friends. Yo. So nice to have you guys back, but let's get straight into it. All right, guys, welcome back to the Making It in Medicine podcast. Today, we're joined by a fellow medic of ours, uh, Tway. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, yo, yeah, so uh, I'm in Miles' year. Um, we actually live together. Um, <laughs> and I'm writing like a, a paper on vitamin D uh, just in my free time. I, I got bored one day. So, uh, and it's been going on for quite a while. I've read a lot of papers. Um, and a lot of them are very strong associations, should I say? Yeah, and like after you like introduced the idea to me, it was very, it was astounding. Some of the facts, I think, something said that you were six times more likely to catch COVID if you were vitamin D deficient, um, and something like that. If you if you understand the likelihood of that, then listening to this podcast is going to be paramount. And so sharing it with anyone you know who may be at risk, or even just anyone you know in general. Um, it can genuinely possibly save lives. Yeah. Sorry to just interrupt, but like with that exact study, like there was also a fact where you were 14.73, so 15 times more likely to die from COVID if you were vitamin D deficient. Well, I mean, it's, it's facts like these that really caught my eye. Um, and even I think it was the chief medical officer um, ordering a third, what was it? A third review of the correlation between vitamin D uh, levels and the clinical outcomes of patients um which it, it it tells you it does actually have some recognition and some standing at least within the scientific circles but yeah let's get down to to talking about how this actually works so Tway, can you just take us a little bit through um how how does vitamin d actually how how does it do this basically okay yeah so uh starting with like the production of vitamin d obviously you get vitamin d through the sun um, and what happens is the UVB rays hit your skin and you convert uh, into like a pre-vitamin D3. And then that goes into your blood, which then goes to your liver, uh, where it's uh, metabolized into 25-hydroxy uh, vitamin D. And then that then goes to the kidneys to become 125-hydroxy, dihydroxy. Now that that is your active form. But mm. when you measure vitamin D in the blood, you're looking at only 25-hydroxy vitamin D. So there is a possibility of your kidneys actually producing the inactive form of vitamin D. Um, and like, for example, if you eat high fructose corn syrup with vitamin D, you actually won't be getting any active form of vitamin D, even if you eat like so much dietary supplements of vitamin D. Yeah. You, just, you just won't be producing the active form. But when we test it, what we'll see is a lot of vitamin D in your blood. So we'll be like, okay, um, you've got enough vitamin D, but if you're eating that corn syrup, you won't be actually using any of it. Okay. Um, but what vitamin D does essentially is there's two pathways COVID can take or like respiratory viruses in general. I should say respiratory viruses in general, actually. Um, one of them is the inflammatory pathway and that is where all the damage comes from. Um, that's where you get multiple, multiple organ failure. You get yeah. blood clots through the lungs. Yeah. Um, and the other pathway 
is where it activates it. So vitamin D binds to leukocytes, which are like white blood cells, right? We know they're all for like immune function. Yeah. Um, what they actually do is they monitor the, they like, it's like a homeostasis level of the ACE receptors in your lungs, but without getting too technical, it basically keeps them at optimum level and you won't get any of the adverse respiratory effects of a virus. Um, and there's a lot of people, even if you just go to like YouTube videos and just look at the comments instantly, um, a lot of people have been saying, I've been taking it and I've, ha- I've not even had a cold for like 10 years. Um, so it is, uh, uh, vitamin D gets transferred into a hormone that codes for 5% of your genome. Now, if you're not using 5% of your DNA, that is a massive amount of DNA you're just not utilizing. Um, and to, to think that everyone's just staying inside all day, not getting any sun, and not even supplementing vitamin D, we're all losing out on 5% of our DNA. And vitamin D is associated with immune function. So we're losing a big amount of, you know, immunity. I find it just crazy how um, how much of an effect that vitamin D just can have on the um, on the general immune system. Because, I mean, for those medics of you listening, I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with um, Ninja Nerd Science. And I watched the video um, he put out recently on the vitamin D and COVID-19 correlation. And from my understanding, I think we all know what cytokines are. Um, and even just looking at the mechanism of inhibition of the inflammatory route. So it literally is an anti-inflammatory, but pro-immune boosting for the non-inflammatory um, pathway in terms of um, dealing with respiratory viruses. And the fact that it has that dual action from such a simple, cheap molecule is actually mind-blowing. I'm surprised we haven't actually found it before, to be honest. It, it would have been so much more useful if you found it before. I mean, it was around the whole time. Um, there's, the studies are dating way back to like the month that we had COVID in the UK. And even before that, they've used these studies to look at SARS viruses, like rhinoviruses, a lot of res- like respiratory viruses. Um, and like a study that I saw recently, which found it is so lockdown if it is associated okay so if covid is associated with vitamin d lockdown is very counterintuitive and the reason Mm -hmm. is as it is without lockdown in the u.s because these studies are mainly from the u.s in the u.s people spend 7.6 percent of their day outside now that's nothing you're not going to get any vitamin d from 70.6 percent of your day especially during winter months yeah Mm -hmm. exactly and then winter and then lockdown on top of it i'm sure that figure has dropped like Mm. at least by half um so we should really be taking vitamin d this sounds like a massive conspiracy theory right now why is the government doing this huh i mean you could go down that route um you could say that vitamin d is very cheap and vaccines are expensive and that could be something to do with it but without getting our tinfoil hats on um (laughs) (laughs) visit area 51 real quick yeah um so like if i just start talking about vitamin d and its association so Right. So what, what, what they found is obviously with race, vitamin D production is different because of your skin color. Mm-hmm. Now, if you have darker skin, you're not going to be absorbing as many sunlight rays if you get any at all, um, which means you're going to be producing vitamin D because your melanin blocks it. Right. Now, what they found is they plotted all this on like a bar chart of different races. So the races were black um, and then like Hispanic and then white. And they found that with vitamin D deficiency, um, 
well, more black people were vitamin D deficient. That correlated to more black people having COVID-19 and then mortality rates from COVID-19 were higher in those populations too. And then there's a lot of like good studies out there. There's a prospective observational study. Now, I'm not a big fan of observational studies because there is no intervention happening, but it's a good, it's still a good study. And what they've also done was they've, they did a 15 year follow-up of 10,000 patients. Um, and they were looking at uh, like just a respiratory virus that acts very similar to COVID-19. And what they found was that there's a massive correlation between when you're vitamin D insufficient and deficient to having higher frequency of COVID-19 infections. Well, I got a quick question for you, mate. Um, You said that there's like a correlation, right? Between uh, dark-skinned people with uh, vitamin D deficiencies having a higher mortality rate because of COVID, right? But are you able to say that's the causation of it as well? Can you... Or is it just... Well, I mean, when you look at... So are you asking whether COVID-19, you're asking whether there is a causation? Yeah, essentially. With vitamin D. Right, yeah. I mean, there isn't... uh, You can't say causation. Yeah, you can't just say like a direct causation because that's just not what it is. It's uh, it's more of a a strong association. But in this Mm. case, in my opinion, my personal opinion, the association is so strong that Mm. you could pretty much... Like even Dr. John Campbell, who is like a pretty famous YouTuber, I was watching him talk about it. And he Mm -hmm. said um, that the association is strong enough for him to think it's, you know, is the reason why COVID-19 infections disproportionately affect different groups. What Mm -hmm. we're seeing with COVID-19 right now is the elderly get it. We all know the elderly get it more Mm -hmm. and more badly. We know that already. Yeah, But Uh, that's just like... That's, that could just be aging age. and stuff, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, but it's actually been found in more studies that elderly don't make vitamin D as efficiently as we do. Yeah. Now, ethnicity, I just talked about, and we see in ethnicity, the darker skin races getting uh, COVID-19 more and more se- severely. What we actually see as well is obesity. So the more obese you are, the more dangerous COVID-19 is, right? Keep in mm. mind, COVID-19, is it's got respiratory effects, yeah, but it's mainly cardiovascular in effect. Like, the, in the lungs, those are blood clots, so it's cardiovascular, like, the majority of it. Mm. Um, and what we find with vitamin D as well is in obese people, vitamin D gets stored in fat. It gets stored in adipose tissue. Now, yeah. if you have a lot of fat, you're not going to be able to utilize that vitamin D, which has just gone into your fat. So you need to eat more vitamin D than someone yeah. else. It decreases so the even if you distribution, are, doesn't it, yeah? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So there's just no bioavailability. Bioavailability, yeah. if you want. Um, so even if you are getting sunlight, but if you're like quite obese, you're not going to be using any of the vitamin D you just got from the sunlight. But someone skinny who just went out and got the same sunlight is going to be at a higher vitamin D level than you. Mm. So the person who's sense. obese must have has to have more vitamin D. So he has to take more supplements or what? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. Um, so there's a study as well. Uh, it showed that uh, vitamin D concentrations were lower in patients who tested positive. Uh, This was from 107 107 hospitalizations in Switzerland. So 107 isn't that big, but don't worry, like there's studies which use 17 million people. Like it's massive. Just to chime in here. So I've been listening and I think a lot of things are very, very interesting. So one thing, so I didn't watch the same Ninja Nerd lecture that Mars did. Because 
Yeah, I can't <laughs> lie. It was, it was hella long, and I've been busy. Hella interesting. I'm but, not gonna lie. Yeah. It was very but I did watch. I did watch a few um, uh, smaller videos, and okay, I know there's probably a couple medics listening here, and they're gonna start violating us for calling it vitamin D um, when we're actually talking about the active component calcitriol, also known as. 1-2-5-dihydroxycholecalciferol. So for all you neeks out there, for all you neeks out there, yeah, literally, for all you neeks out there trying to violate us, look, we said it now, okay? Cool. Okay, we said it. Are you happy? Cool. Moving on, yeah. Um, I'm going to stick to vitamin D because it's just way easy to say and I ain't got time like that. But I think, yeah, from the video that I watched, so um, interleukin-6, so one of the pro-inflammatory cytokines, um, apparently is raised in... Uh, COVID-19 and I think it's very interesting that uh, vitamin D actually plays a part in moderating it and actually decreasing yeah. it which yeah. is very helpful and we also know that from research that COVID-19 is also linked to um, well, especially SARS actually linked to a cytokine storm and vitamin D is also known to moderate that as well so I think that's quite important also one thing I'd like to address is when when Tway said earlier about was the lockdown being a bit counterintuitive it, it, it makes sense because right now we're all at home Right, we're all at home, like me especially. I'm just waking up, do my nine to five of lectures, and I stay inside. I try my best to go for a walk, but you know it's easy to be lazy. But yeah. obviously, I did want to make like when we Trey live said in the that, UK, man. There's no sunlight. Exactly. <laughs> do you but, know what I mean? But yeah, when Toy said that, also we just also need to think about that. Obviously, lockdown is important, and we're not mm-hmm. saying that no, we we shouldn't really. We don't need lockdown. We actually do because. If we also think about it, like Tway mentioned, the people who are getting affected more by COVID isn't really us or our generation. It's generally the older generation or people with comorbidities. So they're the mm. people we need to think about because I, I got off. I think I got COVID. Uh, I know Vidi did. Um, and, you know, we're doing fine. Our immune system was able to handle it. And thankfully, we're happy and healthy. But it's generally the people with comorbidities that generally struggle. And for their purpose, I just need to advocate, guys, stay at home. Yeah. yeah, adhere to the rules yeah. it is important. It's not going to affect you and I um, as much as it's going to affect someone else, like your grandma, your grandfather, your maybe even your parents. So just stay at home and be safe, guys. I'm sorry I had to be that person, but yeah. No, no, generally, it's, it's a good thing to say because, I mean, hopefully it shouldn't be lasting too much longer. We are currently seeing a fall in the number of um, COVID-19 cases across yeah, the, the UK. Yeah, the end is inside, to, so. um, Yeah, due to vaccination rates um, slowly increasing, steadily as well. Um, and the effect of the vaccine um, cutting, I think, transmission rates by one third, bringing the R value down to about uh, 0.7, um, which is absolutely beautiful. And so there's, de- there's talks in the government um, about, you know, easing things a bit a bit quicker. But I think we need to we need to keep level headed um, and stay on track with what we've been doing, because what we've been doing works. And if we change that, then we know that, um, you know, we're, we're going to go somewhere completely different. And exactly. Yeah, stick stick and, to what works essentially is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, and if I was to be honest, just a quick just a quick point to add on. Like, I'd rather that even if we do extend the lockdown, which I'm not a big fan of, but I'd rather extend the lockdown and come out of it and not go back into lockdown again yeah, and just continue rather than, yeah. rather than leaving now and do what's been happening. We, how many lockdowns have we had? Like three. I'd rather finish this lockdown, leave everyone get vaccinated. Well, obviously most most important people first, and then start getting the vaccine spreading and then all of us can stay outdoors keep gyms open slowly yeah. start opening bigger things and eventually <laughs> yeah, get back to bro bro Genuinely. it's Jesus. been hard man. it's been Christ. hard 
But like, I'd rather not leave COVID. I mean, leave the lockdown right now and then go back into it again because that's just yeah. what's been happening. And we we get a glimpse of the the good side and then just come back into the lockdown. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Um. I mean, talking about the general lockdown and um the kind of mechanism of vitamin D and how or the levels and talking about that. Did any of you notice? Uh, have Have any of you noticed um or looked at the trend of number of cases since about march through summer and the and then the autumn and then the winter um during the summer months especially when the sun was out the number of cases was absolutely rock bottom and yes you may attribute that to the initial absolute lockdown that we had but also it was it was so so low and i feel like that's because of the presence of the sun and yeah, i feel like 100 percent. yeah there's definitely a component of vitamin d at work in in that in that like respect because this spike in COVID-19 over this winter, December, January period has been absolutely hell for, for healthcare workers and hospitals. And doctors have said it. Yeah, honestly, I think, I think you're completely correct here about, um, Miles, because like when you, when you, apparently, I think, I can't remember who it was, but I saw a video and essentially, um, he says that with any sort of like cold or virus, it generally spikes during the cold, colder periods of time. Mm. And then during summer, sort of like flat lines. So it yeah. could be because the sun is also like a major dis, like you know, sort of like a disinfecting or whatnot, because it because of UV lights and whatnot. But um, yeah, hundred percent miles. It's true, also because cold also is known to have, to weaken our immune systems as well. So, like the season and time period does does definitely play a part, mm. or definitely does play a part. So what we're looking at now is. A brighter picture because we're starting to move towards the warmer months we've come out of negative degree weather i can actually like not sleep with a hoodie and a jacket on uh, at night um, oh up here my in Lancaster. you do that as well <laughs> um it's oh terrible um and the vaccines obviously you know they're, they're doing pretty well um so honestly i feel like we should just keep doing what we're doing right now until we're 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 beyond the you know the top of the hill so we can start the descent um all the way to the bottom summer 2021 bro yeah <laughs> interesting talking like talking about the sun right there's I, I wanted to talk about this one study like with the sun i found this pretty insane so the 35th parallel right it's it's an equator around the, like the world essentially and it runs through the u.s it runs through california now southern california obviously which is below the 35 the, uh, 35th parallel had less of a prevalence of um it was respiratory virus don't remember exactly which one than the north of the 35th parallel um, mm-hmm. and you see that with different countries so you see like hotter countries have less of a vitamin d like less of a covid prevalence than the colder ones yeah. i just thought that was a bit interesting yeah, yeah that's wild man and now we've now we're talking now we're a bit more chill we've got past the science and all the um minute details i think i'd like to ask tway so yeah. how did you even start like researching about vitamin d like how did you come across it Oh, I was chilling one day and uh, my brother sent me a Joe Rogan podcast. Like, I don't know about you guys. <laughs> Joe, but Rogan Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah. 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 yeah, exactly. They bag. Oh, okay. Yeah. Go. And Sorry, um, oh, yeah. on the on the podcast, Dr. Ron the Patrick was talking about vitamin D. Um, and there was a part of the podcast for about a half an hour, 40 minutes roughly, where she starts talking about all these studies and all these correlations, numbers that just like blew my mind. I was like, wait, hold on. Like, this is just out here on YouTube. Um, like it looks like the solution if that's the case if those numbers are the case to me it looks like the solution to what we can do with covid 
because it won't hurt. Like you can't get toxicity from vitamin D. You can, but you really physically have to try to eat too much vitamin D. Um, and even then, the toxicity would just be diarrhea and the hypercalcemia. If you're eating dark greens, vitamin K takes the calcium out of your blood. So it's you. You don't really get any like toxicity. But just for anyone out there listening who may have sarcoidosis or something to do with calcium pre-existing condition, um, you might want to check with your doctor before taking vitamin D. Um, yeah. Obviously, we're medical students, but we're not absolute medical professionals um, by any any metric. Um, so if you are planning on taking vitamin D after listening to this podcast, do remember, um, you know, check with actual health professionals, check with your doctors um, and see what they think about it as well, um, because it would be nice to to make sure that you have that discussion with your, your primary healthcare provider. Um, exactly. And but a lot yeah. of as I'd suggest, like guys, if you're interested in taking it, do read up on it. We we are giving you some facts and some details, but definitely have a read on your own. I think it's important. And also, yeah, like Miles mentioned, get into contact with your GP if you think that it might not be the best thing for you. Everything we talk about again is a lot of our, a lot of what we say is opinion based. It's our opinions and what we think. So just keep that in mind when you are listening. Yeah. Um. Just to move. Um, a little bit back to the um, correlation versus causation argument. I was wondering because the the way a lot of um, a lot of scientific kind of theories are based, the gold standard usually is through RCTs, right? And so I was just wondering, um, has there been? Wait, do you know if there's been any like RCTs concerning the actual vitamin D correlation? Yeah, so there was actually in the BMJ. Uh you know, shout out hometown BMJ, but they, in BMJ, <laughs> there's a really, really big meta, meta, meta analysis um, that is cited all across the world. It's, it's pretty famous. Um, yeah. And what they, what they did was they looked at 25 RCTs, which consisted of 11,321 subjects. Like th- this RCT, the RCTs they picked, all the subjects in those RCTs are very good subjects. There's nothing that you could say, you know, oh, that's a bad sample. Mm. Um, and across, and what they did was they plotted adjusted odds ratio on like, I, I don't know if you, everyone knows what that is, but they basically, they looked at all the studies and they calculated an odds ratio that was less than one. Now, when an odds ratio is less than one, that means there's a protective effect. Now that mm. protective effect is like, they adjusted for everything. They adjusted for age, sex, race, gender, anything you can think of. They even adjusted for fish intake. Like they adjusted for quite a lot of things. Um, and they found a protective effect associated with vitamin D and, um, and COVID. And another study uh, looked at an RCT of vitamin D to pr- prevent flu- influenza A. Um, and they just gave either a placebo or vitamin D to groups, right? So this is, a, this is an interventional study. And then they followed up those groups. And what they found was the ones who had the supplement had 10.8% prevalence of influenza A, and the ones who had placebo had 18.6 prevalence, which is which is a, a noticeable gap. That's that's damn. It is quite it high. Is generally, yeah. yeah. And when you look at these studies and you're looking at the p-value to see if this result is significant, mm. most of them, pretty much all of them, are significant p-values. They're all like less than 0. 0.05. Jeez. Um, yeah, which kind of leads you to wonder, Dang. like, why does why wouldn't the government just do, you know, a mass yeah. vitamin D supplementation? Or like Finland, right? So Finland have completely eradicated pretty much vitamin D deficiency in their country. Really? And that's Finland. That's, yeah, they have, yeah. And the way they do that is they fortify, well, 
2% of their population left is vitamin D deficient. But the way they do that is they fortify milk with vitamin D and fortify foods with vitamin D. And they make it gold uh-huh. standard to fortify their food with vitamin D. Now here, it's up to the food market, the, the, the producers to fortify it or not. But obviously, they don't want to incur extra costs. It's business after all. So they're not going to do it. But in Finland, that's what they, that's what they did. And it's complete like... It will, it will be interesting to look at Finland's uh, yeah, rate of I was about to yeah, say, I was actually, yeah. COVID-19. I was just say that as well. It'll be interesting to see how Finland's coping if they exactly, have yeah. So it's completely doable. I don't see why it's not doable. It's actually cheaper than a max vaccination program. Um, it does really beg the question, though. Why isn't this being pushed throughout, you know, a little bit more throughout a mainstream media news? I mean, in the scientific circles, I think it is. Like, people are advocating for it. Um, and there are significant figures um, calling for, for moves toward exploring this vitamin D axis instead of, you know, investing millions and, you know, millions of pounds into vaccines, which are working, admittedly. But, you know, if you can achieve a similar but good effect with mm. a much cheaper alternative, I'm sorry, that can, that can genuinely save lives on a, a magnitude that is absolutely immeasurable. Because 100%, yeah. giving this information to, say, poorer countries who are struggling with vitamin D um, with large populations and cannot, you know, muster up the money to, to buy up all of the vaccinations, this can be sort of a buffer um, for them. So say like the prevalence of COVID-19 in India, right? With such a large population, it's going to be extremely, extremely hard to buy up all of the vaccinations and vaccinate to a point at which herd immunity is established within the population. So yeah. that's why I feel like it's a bit, it's a bit sketchy. It's a bit sketchy that um, we're not, we're not hearing a little bit more about this. And yeah, I said at the beginning, like um, the chief medical officer asked for the third um, correlative like study review um, between COVID-19 and um, Yeah, but that's not what we need. We don't D. need yeah, another we, review. We need, we need a definitive establishment of causation. We need a large scale intervention clinical yeah. study. That's what we need. We yeah. need a massive one all across the UK where we're intervening and then directly measuring what happens. Until yeah. that happens, you can't implement vitamin D into anything, into any program. But the thing is, like people have looked at the immunophenotype of COVID-19 and vitamin D. So basically immunophenotype means like the immune cells, their levels, how they change. What they yeah. found was interleukin-6, TNF-alpha, like coagulability, all of ACE2 expression, all of those like different immune parts of COVID-19 infection are all increasing and decreasing exactly the same as vitamin D deficiency. What I mean is, for example, for interleukin-6, that both increases in vitamin D deficiency and COVID-19. TNF-alpha both increases in COVID-19 and vitamin D deficiency. ACE2 expression both decreases in COVID-19 and vitamin D deficiency. It, like, it's, just, it's a pretty m- remarkable, you can contrast the two and see they're exactly the same. So uh, what we're seeing, is it a completely new deadly virus or is it just poor health of the general population? That's a very good question. But I feel like that, that discussion right there is, is a topic for another podcast episode. If I'm not, if I'm not incorrect. Um, Find out on the next well. episode of Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. Well, I mean, we're reaching about the half an hour mark. We know we don't like to keep you guys too long on this podcast. Um, so are there like any more questions that uh, Shane and Vidi, do you have any, any more questions for Tway? Cause I'm, I think I'm all questioned out. Um, no, I'm just um, surprised that you decided to do this because you're bored. I mean, personally, I would have like started watching Netflix or anime, but. 
Um, that's weird. That's <laughs> Dude, all I can see. The Joe Rogan podcast had me. I was like, "What the? Like, what? What is this? What's going on?" Um, yeah, lockdown. Lockdown, though, it really makes you. I mean, there's positives and negatives to lockdown. Um, one of them is you will find ways to like keep yourself busy. You know, because if you don't, it, it's get it gets very easy to to you know get on a slippery downward slope. Um, in terms of your mental state. But yeah, I've, I was genuinely impressed when you came to me with this tweet and I was like, cool, blimey. We need, we need to get you on here. Um, <laughs> Jeez. but yeah. Content, content. We need content. It's not even just content. It's just like the quality of it. It's something that is genuinely relevant, currently relevant and important to get out to people. Mm. Um, and yeah, we do hope that you guys listening, like, do appreciate that we've taken the time out to do this research. Um, after our brief hiatus. <laughs> Um, but, um, we, we, we make sure to come back with a bang every time we do. Um, yeah. If anyone here is listening and wants to hear more figures and they're, they're not satisfied with what's already been said, just message me. Like I've read yeah. over 20 papers on this at, at this point, And I just talk, I just scratched the surface of like what I actually have to talk about. So if, if you need, if you need more very strong associations and you're still saying it's not causation, then send <laughs> message me. So how can they reach you to it? Um, Instagram. Uh, yeah. Instagram mainly. I'll just, All right. I'll, just... I'll link your Instagram in the uh, podcast description, but I will mm-hmm. also be linking the Ninja Nerd science videos, um, yep. that explain the, the whole biological process. Um, I'll also be linking uh, a few bits and pieces, um, just to help with the general understanding of COVID-19 and the vitamin D linkage. But yeah, um, thanks for listening, guys. Um, thank you for being on this podcast episode, Tway. We've really enjoyed having you. Um, haven't we, guys? Yeah, of course. No, obviously not. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, but you say obviously not? <laughs> yep. No, I'm joking. It's been a pleasure, bro. You're just jealous, man. Yeah, sweet. Cheers, <laughs> Yeah, man. <laughs> completely jealous about those 20 papers, Yeah. <laughs> you know what soon come we'll see we'll see Tway's papers published in like some journal somewhere you'll just see Tway's a girl, Dr. Tway's a girl, you just published and we'll be like well I knew Imagine. him once he was he was on oh, our podcast days. episode oh my days no, one can only dream of being in the BMJ mate imagine <laughs> that's an type achievement my name into BMJ that's where you'll find me <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Making It in Medicine podcast. Uh, please do remember to follow our Instagram at Make It in Med. Uh, and uh, yeah, just keep up with us on social media. Do shoot us DMs, ask us questions. You know, we're here to interact. And on that note, um, we'll see you guys uh, in a few weeks for our next episode. Thank you for listening and bye. <laughs>